0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اتل ما اوحي إليك من الكتاب وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة تنها عن الفحشاء والمنكر وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ صَدَقُ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters, in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah has given us a prescription. The ayat is Primarily addressing Rasulullah, but it is addressed to the Ummad who are going to be the recipients of this Quran Sharif. And Allah ta'ala is addressing Nabi directly to highlight the importance of these aspects. That if Nabi is being commanded with some things. Then how much more important it is for others to fulfil those aspects. There are three things mentioned here. The first aspect is tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Utlu Min which is tilawat of the Quran Sharif. And the second aspect is Wa Aqimis Salah, establishing Salah. The third aspect was zikrullahi akbar. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala is the third aspect. Now, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this is also zikr. It's a form of zikr, because it's remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Salah is also zikr. In fact, the establishing of salah is for the purpose of zikr. Wa Allah Ta'ala says establish salah. For my remembrance, and the Qur'an Sharif is among abdulu zikr, the most virtuous forms of zikr, is to recite the Qur'an Sharif. But together with that, Allah Taala separately says, Wala akbar," that this too is zikr, that a person recites the Qur'an Sharif, that he performs salah, the first salah goes without saying. He also takes care to perform the nafil salah. And then in this, separately, the command of zikr, or the mention of zikr, is made. Well, zikrullahi akbar. What is the zikr? So this is the aspect that we briefly will discuss today, which is the soul, is the ruh of all the amal, the remembrance of Allah Taala. For example, a person has performed his salah. So now he performed his salah, he made wudu, performed the salah, so before the salah he made his niyad, then he said takbir al-tahreema. he recited the sana, he recited surah fatiha, he recited the surah, went into ruku, the tasbihat of ruku, then came up, read the dua of qawma went into Sajda, the Tasbihat of Sajda, then Jalsa, the sitting posture between the two Sajdas. These are very important postures also to do with ease, without haste. That is the posture of qauma after coming up from Ruku. Many people just barely come up, they don't even stand up straight and they go on towards Sajdah. A wajib has been left out then. And likewise, after the first Sajda they hardly even sit up straight and they went straight into the next Sajda. Whereas the person is supposed to first sit properly and when the body is at ease now to move into the next sajda. Now the person did it in haste and didn't pause at all then the wajib has been left out. So in any case the person did all these things properly in terms of the postures. He recited what is supposed to be recited. But sometimes what happens is the person says that from the beginning of my Salah right to the end of my Salah I don't know where my mind was. I was gone somewhere. I was performing Salah. It's like a person has pressed a button and the machine started operating. So now, the machine is operating and the operator himself, he doesn't have any idea what's happening at that moment. He is busy with something else. His mind, his heart is somewhere else. He is busy with some other work, but he's pressed the button, so the machine is working. But he will only now, when he pays attention again, then he'll know, okay, what got produced, or what came out, what didn't come out. So likewise, our salah, many a times, unfortunately, is like that machine. We pressed one button, so now in an automatic fashion, the tongue is busy reciting, is reciting sana, is reciting du'as, and the body is moving, is moving into ruku, moving into sajda, and all the things are happening and it is when a person comes to salam and he says assalamu alaikum wa it is as if now that button got switched off so the person came back to life now because like a machine the machine is working the person even forgets it is working because he's now paying attention to something else suddenly when somebody puts it off i realizes hey this machine was working so likewise the person makes salam is like now somebody pressed the button he comes back to life now so now this Salah took place, the person recited so many things, went into the different postures, but how much zikr was there really in this Salah? This Salah was actually devoid of zikr in the sense of the true remembrance of Allah. Ta'ala. There was recitation, mashallah, the recitation of the Quran Sharif, which itself is zikr. So the recitation took place, but in that recitation there was no zikr. In the sense that the person was in ghaflat. The person was reciting, was reciting the name of Allah Ta'ala, but that too was in ghaflat. That too was in heedlessness. Now one is that the name of Allah Ta'ala is is very great. A person takes it even without any concentration, there will still be some benefit. But dhikr in its reality is when that heart and soul is in that amal person is conscious, the person is performing that salah consciously. This is the reason that zikr is separately mentioned, that zikr must come alive in all the amal. Zikr, the word itself, gives us the meaning. Zikr or gives us what is required of it. Zikr is to remember. So in remembrance, if a person is not remembering, then this is obviously gone far away. But if the zikr comes alive, it comes alive in the tilawat. It comes alive in the tilawat. Rasulullah was one day reciting the Qur'an Sharif in Salah. And he came past the ayat where Allah speaks about the day of Qiyamah that the Ummahs will be questioned. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi will be asked about this ummah. And oh, it was another ayat of the Quran Sharif. In fa Wa in ta'ghfir lahum fa hakeem. Allah, if you forgive them, then they are your servants. If you punish them, you have full authority over it. Because they have erred, they have made sin. And Nabi Sallallahu continued reciting this ayat the whole night. That one ayat repeatedly. Why? Because this was full of zikr. And every word that he recited was zikr. But now this one ayat at that moment was a special effect that he was taking from it. This whole picture of Qiyamat was in front and Nabi also continued repeating this ayat. There have been many incidents of the pious personalities of this nature. They started reciting the Quran Sharif and they got so captivated by some ayat They carried on reciting the same ayat for the whole night. For the whole night, the same ayat. Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahmatullah, joined the Isha Salah one night and the Imam recited the surah and in the last ayat of that surah, "Famayyamal يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرَ يَرَهُ وَمَن يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ Surah Zilzal that Allah in these two ayat, the last two ayat says, فَمَيْ Yamal مِثْطَالَ zaratin <clears throat> Khair, The person who does one iota, one zarra, some say the extent of a mustard seed, some say that speck of dust, fine particle, meaning to that extent, that small amount of khair a person does, he will yara, he will see it, meaning he will see the reward of it, he will see the benefit of it, he will see it. If he doesn't realize it now, he'll realize it on the day of Qiyamah. He'll see it. And likewise, Yamal The person who has done that one particle extent of sharr, that one small iota of sharr and evil, and the person did not repent, did not make amends, the person did not sort it out in, before passing away, the person will see the consequences of that as well. Now we read this, we recite it, we go past it, But because the zikr is missing, now even if we know the meaning of it too, we still just bypass it. Because the zikr is missing. And as a result, we don't take any ibarat, we don't take any lesson, we don't think about it, we don't ponder over it. Imam Abu Hanifa, the Imam recited this in the Isha Salah. After the Isha Salah was finished, and people finished off the Salah, and they all left, he remained in the masjid. So the person who used to be in charge of closing the masjid, and switching the lamps off, etc. So he asked Imam Buhani Farahmatullahi that uh, you will, so to say, lock up, because now you are still busy here. Will you lock up or you will put the lamp off? So he said, okay, fine. And this person went away. When this person came for Fajr, he sees that Imam Sahab is still standing in the same spot. He has got his hand on his beard. And he is repeating these two ayat. He is totally in another world as you may call it. And he is repeatedly reciting these two ayat and saying oh, oh that being who will bring forth that one zarra and one iota of good and make a person see it. And the person who has done one iota of evil he will also see it. Oh that being who has this power. Ajir an numana That Save me from the fire of Jahannam. Oh, this was their fear. This was their fear of Allah wa Ta'ala. And as a result, this is how they reacted to this. That Ya Allah, you saved me from this situation on the day of Qiyamat that I must not be taken to task for anything. And I am given directly ent- direct entry into Jannah. But oh, the whole night went away in this. Why? Because this was total zikr. And this is the essence of zikr, that the heart becomes absorbed in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Now many a times, we make zikr also, we read some kitab, we read ahadith, we read the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, we hear to talks of deen, we listen to advices, and so many things. But the zikr is sometimes missing in all this. The zikr way, we're doing it consciously for the pleasure of Allah. It will be zikr only, number one, if there is ikhlas in it. If there's no ikhlas in it, it's being done for some other purpose, then obviously that's far away from zikr. It's totally the opposite of zikr. If a person is reciting the Quran Sharif, but is reciting it just to get, just to impress somebody, make the person feel that what a good reciter I am, and I am better than others or just to make the person feel that this is somebody. So now this riyah now is not being done for Allah. Taala. person is giving charity so that he can be called generous. The person is doing some other good work, work of deen, so that the person can be given some praise by people. So now all of this is totally against ikhlas. If it's against ikhlas, ikhlas is not there, that sincerity is missing, then there's no zikr involved. Then this is only an outer cover, but inside is hollow. There's nothing inside. In fact, this becomes shirk. Nabi Sallallahu is reported to have said, Inna yaseerar riya is shirkun. That a minute amount of riya also is shirk. That the person is doing a righteous action, but is doing it with a corrupted intention. It is being done for the sake of dunya, for the sake of name, for the sake of people's praise, for the sake of anything but purely for the pleasure of Allah Taala. So now the person is looking at who is seeing and who is going to say what, meaning that I must try and impress the people and get their praises. So now when that is going to be the niyat and intention, then that whole amal is corrupted. And the reward of that is going to be totally lost. But what the aspect is, that we are talking about zikr, the person is making zikr itself, so to say. But that zikr is not zikr, it is na'uzu shirk, because of the intention. In the sense that, this zikr has become the means of a person going further away from Allah, Ta'ala, because of the corrupted intention. That tilawat, that salah, that charity, that righteous work and whatever good the person is doing but if the zikr is missing then Allah forbids then it will just be an outer form. It will just be an outer form. But inside it, it will be hollow. And in fact inside it will be something very very dangerous that will get filled in which will explode on the day of Qayyamad. And it will then cause great harm to a person. So everything has to become filled with zikr. And when it will become filled with zikr, then the life in those a'mal will come in. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that the person, the example of the person who remembers Allah Ta'ala and the person who neglects the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is like the example or the comparison between the living and the dead one is a living person he can see he can hear he can talk he can walk he can do many things and he can benefit himself and benefit others because he is living so he can help others out with some things he can do things for himself and he can save himself from harm so all this is because there's life in him but now just take that life out that soul has left him So now that eyes are there, but he can't see anything. He's just now passed away. His eyes are looking exactly the same. There's no change that is yet visible in that eye. It's just a minute or two that has passed. If you touch the person, he's still warm. The body is still warm. The blood is perhaps still circulating to a point. It's going to stop circulating soon, but it's probably still moving. Just a minute or so that he's passed away. That eye is still the same. That ear is still the same. That tongue is still the same. All the limbs, no change has come onto those limbs. But he cannot see, he cannot speak, he cannot hear, he cannot raise a finger. If somebody is doing some thing which is perhaps normally would have been very painful, he doesn't know what is going on. And or if he knows what is going on too, he can do nothing about it. So there is absolutely nothing that he can do because one thing has changed and that one thing is that that life has gone out of him. And the living person, the only difference was that this life was in him. Otherwise, outwardly both are looking the same. Now one minute after this person passed away, himself and the living person, everything is the same still. But the life is gone. So now this comparison Nabi Islam is giving us that the person who is in true zikr Compared to the person who has has neglected the zikr, who is devoid of the zikr, is the comparison between the living and the dead. But now, what is the zikr? The zikr is not just confined to the words of zikr. That too, as we said, is not without its benefit. That too is not without its benefit. The words of zikr also is better than no zikr at all. But if the niyat is going to be corrupted, now there's two separate situations. One is the words of zikr, but without any consciousness, without any concentration, it's not being done for a incorrect motive. It's not being done for a corrupted motive. Then that too will benefit a person. That too will not be devoid of benefit. Though he could have gained so much more. It's like a person now, he is One person worked the whole day and he earned 100 rands. So he got 100 rands. He'll buy his food for the day. It'll keep him going. He will be able to fulfill his basic needs. Now for the whole day, a laborer worked outside in the heat, whatever, he got 100 rands. He'll keep his house functioning for that day in a very basic manner. Another person also worked the same amount of time and he earned 100,000 rands. So now, both say, well, we earned something. So what's the difference? Would anybody think in that manner? Well, this person also earned. He earned 100 rands. That person earned 100,000. He earned 100 rands. So what's a, the what's a big deal about it? No, everybody knows it's a very big deal. This person only earned 100 rands. Barely he can just make it happen for the day. This person earned 100,000 rands for the day. Now, if this person had his heart in that zikr, he put the concentration in. He made an effort to keep the consciousness alive. Then the comparison and the difference is like this. The person who made that jikr, Alhamdulillah, he also will earn something. And Allah Taala's name is very great. But the person who put that effort into doing it consciously, doing it correctly, putting his heart and soul in it, then he is like earning billions, forget hundred thousand. Now, when this, now this is that, difference we are being told about one is the living person he can do a lot. The other person who's barely living he's barely living he can see, he can talk, he can hear, but now you ask him to walk he's too weak, he can't walk. But he's hearing things, he is seeing things, he can eat maybe, he can talk some things, but he's very weak, he can't walk. Somebody is coming to attack him, he can't save himself. He's too weak. So, the person who is making that weak zikr, that too, alhamdulillah, that too is a great thing in itself, is helping him to see a little bit that what is the correct thing, helping him to hear, yes, this is the right advice, this is the correct advice, this is what I should be doing. And, it's helping him to at least make some zikr, or how to take some kind of benefit out of taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. But, it's not yet strong enough that zikr in its reality hasn't come. So now the person wants to walk. Wants to go towards the masjid. The strength is just missing. Because there is such weakness. The zikr is not alive really. And so he can't walk to the masjid. Meaning that now the time for salah has come. He is lazing around. Oh, in our case now. The time for salah has come. But now the person is wasting time. Doing something else. Or oh, saying just now. Just now. And not whereas for... Females, the best thing is, as soon as the time comes in, as soon as the time has entered for any particular salah, to try and perform the salah immediately, without any delay. That is the best thing. If it was performed after a little while too, it's fine. But the quicker, the better. Now, the person is unnecessarily delaying, and will keep delaying till when? Till now, the last few minutes, then in a big haste, so, the Salah wasn't given any importance. Why? Because the Zikr wasn't alive. The Salah was just done like something to just get done with. Why? Because the Zikr is missing in the heart. So, because the Zikr is missing now, this Lataji is there. To pick up the Quran Sharif, very difficult. If I have to do it now, I'll do it. Otherwise, very difficult. Why? Because of the spiritual Lataji. The Zikr is missing. The Zikr is not alive. As a result, there's no strength, there's no stamina to do what is necessary to be done. What should be done. And then the attack of that weak person, he's alive, he can see, he can talk, he can hear. Other things, few things he can do. But he's very weak, he's lying in bed. or oh, he's sitting somewhere, he can barely walk, he can't walk properly. Now somebody comes to attack him, he can't defend himself. Why? Because of the weakness. But he's alive, but he's very weak. So likewise, this very weak zikr is zikr, mashallah, but it's not strong enough yet. It hasn't been strengthened. The zikr itself is very great, but the person is not bringing, it, bringing its strength in him. He's not taking the strength in. Why? Because of doing it in a heedless manner, neglectful way, and not doing it consistently, not doing it properly, not doing the full required amount. So as a result now, there is weakness. And now in this weakness, now shaitan comes to attack. Nafs comes to attack. That look at this haram. Get into this chat. With a non-mahram. Or talk this obscene things. Or make this ghibad. Or whatever other evils. Now the person knows that this is wrong. Like the person seeing somebody coming to attack him, he knows that this is a very dangerous situation for me. This person is coming to attack now. And I need to defend myself, but the person can't do anything. Because he's so weak. He can't run. He can't push the person away. He wants to do all that, but he can't. Why? Because of the weakness. So likewise, the person has the knowledge. He's conscious now that this is ribat now. This is haram. This is a terrible sin. But the person just doesn't have the energy to, the spiritual energy to be able to repel shaitan and repel this nafs. There is that vasvasa of shaitan coming that to do something which is evil, to do something that is disrespectful, to do something that is against the dictates of adab, to do whatever is the problem Whatever is wrong, shaitan is coming and tempting. Now the person knows, it's conscious at that time, that consciousness is coming, that this is wrong. I should not be doing this. But shaitan is just hijacking the person's heart. Nafs is just like a tsunami coming and just washing the person away. Why? Because this person doesn't have that strength, that spiritual strength to repel this attack of shaitan. And therefore, we find so much of emphasis on this uh, zikr, that this will make a person alive. Like in that example, Nabi Wasallam compared the living and the dead. The living person is the zakir, the person remembering Allah Ta'ala. And the dead person is a person who has forgotten the zikr. So now we need to make this effort to bring the zikr alive. Unfortunately, we take this very casually. That fine, this is something, if it's done, mashallah, is a good thing. If it's not done, so what? A nafil action, if it's not done, so what? Whereas, this is something that we should give very great importance to. Look in the life of Rasulullah, sallallahu <laughs> alaihi wa Who could have been closer to Allah? Nobody. After Allah, wa ta'ala, the greatest is Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wa sallam. Despite this closeness, despite this greatness, yet, what is the extent of ibadat he makes that sometimes he is standing so long in salah that his feet are swelling. Now, Aisha radiallahu asks that are you undertaking so much of difficulty whereas Allah Ta'ala has made you maasoom and sinless? You are totally sinless. In other words, the thought came in the mind that this is This amount of exertion should actually be for the person who has committed some wrongs and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is totally free from this, he is totally sinless, so he doesn't have any need to exert himself so much, then why is he exerting himself so much? So she expressed this, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responded by saying, should I not be a grateful servant of my Rabb, if my Rabb has made me sinless, so this is now the requirement that I should be even more grateful. And this exertion is a an, a means of gratitude, a means of shukr. But what we understand from this whole lesson is that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, despite being so close to Allah Ta'ala, exerted himself so much in Nawafil. And in the Tasbihat, so many different Tasbihat, Nabi Sallallahu would recite. In one-one sitting, he is reciting Istighfar hundred times. And so many other aspects and tilawat, Nabi Islam is standing in Salah and sometimes he is performing such a lengthy Salah that the Sahaba also who joined him in that nafil they say we, we couldn't manage, with difficulty we managed. The Sahaba who can compare from us anywhere close to the strength of the Sahaba and their enthusiasm. But it was such a lengthy Salah, several paras, five, six paras in the two rakats. As a result it became quite a challenge even for a Sahabi, to continue standing in those two rakats, continuously for five, six paras, seven paras. But this was the type of ibadat Rasulullah made. Nafil. So how much we should be trying. But now, this is that zikr, bringing zikr alive. Now, the zikr is not confined to salah, not confined to tilawat, not confined to any particular ibadat. This is the ruh of a person's spiritual life. He is eating, he is eating in the state of zikr. In the sense that he is conscious, this is the food that my rub has provided for me. Allah Ta'ala is ni'mad. I should be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. It might be very simple food, but if I didn't have this also, and I had to starve, and if I had to become in the situation like the Sahaba had to endure, that they sometimes had to tie, tie stones to their bellies out of extreme hunger. Allah Ta'ala saved me from that. There is this food in front of me. If a person has this zikr in his heart, he'll eat that simple food also with gratitude, with shukr, And he'll be very thankful to Allah wa Ta'ala. And he'll be very uh, full of gratitude. And he'll make the hamd and he'll recite Alhamdulillah after eating from the bottom of the heart. It might be very simple food. But say Alhamdulillah at'amana wa saqana wa ja'alana muslimin. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. what was his food? Often dates and water. Nothing more sometimes. And otherwise very simple food. It was sometimes days on end. That Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. it was only dates and water but yet if we look into the ahadith, the number of duas that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would recite after eating we know one dua and we stick to that one dua only and that too we forget to read what a disservice this is to ourselves that we don't make shukr on this ni'mat allah ta'ala blesses us nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam after eating alhamdulillah hamdan kathiran, tayyiban mubarakan fi ghayrimukfiyin wa la mudda'in wa la mustaghnan anhu rabbana this is one dua And besides this one du'a, there are so many other du'as. In total, these du'as, all these du'as in the ahadith, if we really count them, then there are more than 18, 19 du'as of this nature that if a person looks into the ahadith, he'll find after eating, there are various du'as. Maybe all were not always recited every time, but there were several du'as that used to be recited at one time also. Meaning after every meal. And in one hadith sharif, it comes that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Recited uh, after a lot of hunger, great amount of hunger, the linti hadith sharif, we've discussed this previously, himself, Abu Bakr radiallahu <inaudible> Hazrat Umar they come to an Ansari sahabi's house, and then he feeds them some basic things, and this was after severe pangs of hunger, and after having had that little water, that some dates, a little bit of meat that he prepared thereafter, Nabi sallallahu said to them, these are the bounties of Allah ta'ala you'll be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. After all these difficulties and starvation and hunger, this little bit of food came and Nabi sallallahu Alaihi is in the state of Zikr. With this food as well. That remember, this too is the bounty of Allah ta'ala which we will have to answer for the day of Qiyamah. So now the person is eating also, is eating in the state of Zikr. He's talking to somebody, fine. He might be even saying something light-hearted, very good, no problem, provided he's within the limits of Shariat. But, in that state also, he is not unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. Why? Because his zikr is alive. So he's eating in the sunnah manner. He is making the shukr of Allah Ta'ala in between also. He started off with Bismillah. He's finishing off on the Masnoon du'as. He is licking the plate clean, not leaving one morsel for shaitan, not leaving one drop of that whatever he drank for shaitan, wiping that clean as well. Why is he doing all this? Because he's in the state of zikr. In eating also, he's in the state of zikr. The person is going to sleep, the person is in the state of zikr. So now the person going to sleep in the state of zikr, that person won't be entertaining all kind of haram thoughts, all kind of evil things, and now going to sleep in a condition that a person, Allah forbid, the last thought in the mind is filth. The last thought in the mind is haram. and now the person fell asleep thinking haram. Na'uzhu billah. And can we imagine if death comes during that sleep? Whereas we have been taught in the hadith sharif, the dua, Allahumma bi ismika amuto wa ahya. Ya Allah, in your name do I now die? It's a kind of death. Because sometimes a person doesn't wake up from this minor death. Because a sleeping person is like a dead person. And now when he goes to sleep, he's unaware of what is going on. This is supposed to remind him of the death that will come, that he'll have to leave this dunya one day. Now, therefore, he should start thinking about Qiyamah. Nabi Salaam, before going to sleep, would decide, "Allahumma qini azabaka, yawma تَبْعَثُ Ya Allah, save me from your punishment on the day of Qiyamah, on the day when you will resurrect all your servants. Nabi is masoom, he is sinless, there is no azab for him. But He's teaching us, that look, you are going to sleep, remember akhirat. Remember the day of Qiyamah, now this is sleeping in the state of Zikr. Now one is, one, somebody parrot fashion, just rattled the du'as off, and now they are sleeping thinking, Nahuzu of Haram. So this is far away from Zikr. Now the whole issue comes back to bringing the Zikr alive in our hearts. That starts off, that the Tasbihat, the ma'amulat that we have to be doing, we are doing it, giving it dedicated time, doing it properly. Doing it with importance given to it. Trying to do it consciously as possible. And together with that, all our a'mal, we try to bring the zikr alive. And over and above that, the zikr of the heart in terms of tadabbur and thinking, pondering, contemplating. Ya Allah, what am I doing? Your bounties are unlimited upon me. And how am I using all these gifts and ni'mats? Ya Allah, this word that I said just now, this was something that you are not pleased with because it was ghibat. Or it was something that hurt somebody's feelings. Ya Allah, I'm making Tawbah from this. I'm making Istighfar from it. Because I slipped up now, I need to make amends. A person is constantly in this reminder. I want to do this. Is it right or wrong? No, it's not right. I'm not doing it. Uh, I want to say this. No, this is not going to be according to Allah's pleasure. So I'm not doing it. I'm not saying it. I want to look at this. No, this is not correct to look at. I'm not going to look at it. And in this way, a person sometimes hasn't said anything with the tongue hasn't made any formal zikr, But the person is in the peak of zikr, in the peak of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. When that comes alive, the person's salah will be alive. His tilawat will be alive. His interaction with people will be correct. Because he will be conscious all are the servants of Allah Ta'ala. And I will be questioned about how I deal with the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Everything he does in life would gain a new meaning. And this is the thing to develop this consciousness of Allah wa Ta'ala, develop our taluk and our connection with Allah Ta'ala. When this has happened, then everything else will fall in place. This is what we need to now think about very carefully, focus on, work out what is going to be our program for the day, when we are going to make our tasbihad, when we are going to make our zikr, and implement that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala then in our tilawat, in our salah, in every amal. And to keep bringing this heart to repeatedly think correctly, think about the greatness of Allah wa ta'ala about his Makhluqat, all the creation that he has created, the skies, the earth the mountains gain the ma'rifat of Allah Taala through this contemplation and we keep our hearts forever occupied in the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala May Allah ta'ala give me and all of us the Allahumma alhamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru اللهم لا نحصي ثنان عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم اننا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واهل وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب